I'm Danica Juarez. And I'm Jan James. And this is How's It Hold Up? Hey, I'm Danica. And I'm Jan. And this is How's It Hold Up? Today we covered for our Christmas, this is the last two episodes have been Christmas special, but this is like, this episode should drop on Christmas, which means probably not a ton of people will listen to it, but it'll be here for you in, for the, the, holidays. in the week past there too, because we're actually not going to do um, an episode the week after that. Um, that episode would have would have been like January 1st, and we're not going to do an episode then. Uh, we're going to take a week off. Yes. But, but yes, for this week, um, our f- Christmas finale, we did Muppet Christmas Carol. <sighs> We've, of course, mostly been doing traditional animation, uh, but like this is one of mom's favorite movies. And I just couldn't imagine doing our actual Christmas episode as our first one of as anything else. And so. if you have never seen this version of Christmas Carol, it is the best version. And I, I mean... <laughs> I cannot fathom, I will fight you because (laughs) it is the best rendition. Michael Caine's depiction of Ebenezer Scrooge is incredible, impeccable. It, It makes the whole Christmas Carol and it is just incredible and it is a wonderful version. It will make you crying. My 92 year old mother, two Christmases ago, I did not know she had lived her life without seeing this and she (laughs) loved it. She's, I'm like, mom, how were we... Am I your daughter and you not have seen this? But anyway, it is, it's wonderful. So if you have never seen it, treat yourself to it this Christmas, this Christmas season, because it is wonderful. So um, would you like to give a synopsis? Um, <laughs> yes, okay. I, I'll say before you do. Would I recommend. <laughs> we won't be, no, that, that'll be after. But um, we won't be having a spoiler warning on this because it's a Christmas carol. And it's, it's, it's hard for me to imagine that that anyone has watched media here in the Western world and not been almost forced to see some version of this story, like of, of a grumpy old guy who um, is greedy, who has to have some ghosts show him the way and then is a nicer guy at the end of it. Like we've seen this in some form or fashion and everything. And this one follows the book, the, novella itself very closely so like charles we're not gonna worry about spoilers (laughs) that said how would you uh what would you say of of the synopsis um particularly the aspects where this differentiates itself but without i mean spoilers like you don't need to go beat by beat through the movie just generally yeah it 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 is Definitely a redemption story for the character of Ebenezer Scrooge, who cares about nothing or no one other than money. And he treats his um, employees, Bob Cratchit, and in this version, of course, his other employees just terribly. I mean, of, even just begrudging it, won't or... even give coal for the the fire just because he is such a penny pincher. And his anyway, he ends up being visited by three ghosts one Christmas and initially haunted by his old business partner Yes, that tells him that he is in chains and in torment for all of eternity because of the greed and the way he lived and that this is Ebenezer Scrooge's only chance at redemption by changing his ways and that he will be visited by three ghosts and he is the ghost of Christmas past, the ghost of Christmas present, and then the ghost of Christmas future. And in that, he finds out what the true meaning of Christmas is, and he becomes a changed man. 
Yeah. And it's interesting because in a lot of versions of, like, a lot of shows, uh, animated shows and stuff especially love to have a Christmas Carol episode. And part of the fun that they tend to have is taking these established characters you already know and putting them into the different roles, such as Scrooge and each of the ghosts. What's interesting to me in this version is that Scrooge and the ghosts, none of them are played by characters we know. <laughs> the people who are played by characters we know, like there's Bob Crotchet and and Charles Dickens is is the narrator who is in the movie. Um, like they are some familiar Muppets, but Scrooge is a human actor, of course. And then each of the three ghosts um, are unique creations to the movie. And I actually have um, like there's the reasoning for that. They're incredible. Yes. Uh, So they decided to insert insert Charles Dickens as the stand-in narrator in order to remain faithful to the original prose of the written material. Mm, Um, And then uh, Brian Henson, who directed, stated that Gonzo was chosen because he was the least likely choice to play Charles Dickens. (laughs) And then Rizzo the Rat was added to inject some humor and serve as a Greek chorus. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, But then it also says, um, I'm getting all this from Wikipedia, but... Still, it's fun. Um, The established Muppet characters were initially written to portray the ghosts, with various accounts stating Robin the Frog or Scooter was to be the ghost of Christmas past, Miss Piggy to be the ghost of Christmas present, and Gonzo, before he was written to portray Dickens or Animal as the ghost of Christmas yet to come. However, the idea was scrapped in favor of new Muppet characters that would better um, underline the ominous nature of the story. Mm, Yeah. Yeah. And it's very well done. And in fact, it's it's wonderful because when you get to the part of the ghost of uh, Christmas yet to come, uh, Rizzo the Great, what, um, wait, Gonzo the Great, who plays Charles Dickens and yes. Rizzo the Rat, they're like, Woo-hoo, scary. All right, y'all are on your own. We'll see you at the finale. And they duck out and they yeah. go, you know, they go inside a, a building you know, or a house. And and then you don't see them till after that part is over. But yeah, it it's so well done. The, yes. the that no the choice the choice to make each of the ghosts like something entirely new helps make helps just make the actual plot work better than if you're like oh there's that character they're playing this person like yeah that was a good choice I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and Michael Caine again Michael Caine's depiction yes. of Ebenezer Scrooge is incredible. So I think it's safe to say you would recommend this movie. (laughs) Yes, yes. It is such a must-see. I'm not kidding you all. If you have not seen this movie, you you are shortchanging yourself. You are missing (laughs) something in life. You need to experience this. And it's at a Christmas time with people you love. Yeah, it's a great movie. It's my personal favorite of the many versions of this movie. plot that I have seen. Absolutely my favorite. Um, Because, you know, it's got funny Muppet stuff, and then it also really has a lot of heart that um, Michael Caine especially brings Uh, to it. Yeah, it's it's great. Um, And I definitely recommend it if if you haven't seen this particular version of this story. Let's get specific. So uh, first, I I wanted to say that the film starts with a dedication to um, Jim Henson and Richard Hunt. 
this is the first Muppets film following Jim Henson's death, so that's why they have it. As for who Richard Hunt is, he um, was a puppeteer who died uh, about 11 months before the film's release. Um, He was the main puppeteer for characters like Scooter, Statler, Janice, Beaker, and Sweetums. Mm, Um, And Scooter, you know, the guy with the glasses, Mm -hmm. um, whose voice and personality was based on how Hunt remembered himself from his youth, would would be retired for seven years following his death. He just, he isn't in this movie. He isn't in um, Treasure Island. I don't think he's in Muppets from Space. He he just disappears for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, and 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 uh, seven years later, they brought him back in in a couple of things, but he still didn't get a consistent new performer for like sixteen years. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And, you know, Jim Henson is one of those. There are a few people in life, again, we talked about when we uh, when we talked about Aladdin and we did that episode, that Robin Williams is just a life force, that there's never been someone like him and such a loss not having him in this world. And Jim Henson is one of those. He was so incredible. Definitely. And he, he just, what he was able to do with puppeteering and what he was able to do with storytelling through puppeteering is has just never been equaled. And thank heavens the legacy that he left with some of the puppeteers that he worked with and other things. But still, yeah. he is just a life force that was an incredible human being. Yes. So let's start talking some about the story. Um, I got some, I got some various notes. Um, I, for instance, in the opening, I liked that that we were going through the seats, the streets, and seeing these various gags um, that the Muppets were doing, and just kind of getting immersed into this world where Muppets and humans live together. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. What do you have? What I think what really struck me this time is it was just so immersive yes all yes. the stories even the little mice and the vegetables <laughs> on the cart and yeah it was so much fun to just again immerse yourself in the world and it seemed so realistic there was you know so many i don't know just the way they did the buildings sure that you know and that combination you just you just accepted that yeah there were muppets and there were humans and yeah, <laughs> yeah I, had, I had no idea where to, to stick this, but I, I thought that the set design was really interesting. And I noticed, um, especially later in the movie when they go to Bob Cratchit's house, though it's probably true of other buildings, that like the door frame is super slanted. Like it's not just a normal symmetrical door frame. It's it's slanted all weird, um, which, yeah, and I think a lot of the the buildings are kind of have sort of slants and stuff to sort of make it a little bit of this unreality or at least not seeming all perfect and stuff. Yeah, it's it was really interesting. Yeah, and the combination, and I don't know if this is would fit talking about this here too, but how they integrated, again, the graveyard, the stones, the buildings, the the snow, because obviously mm. not all of the snow was, was real, but even Probably when, when Ebenezer, <laughs> but when Ebenezer Scrooge was um, using his hand to wipe the, the stone uh, for the name, that looked like his that grave. was cold. <laughs> yes. Yeah, his grave. Spoilers. So, so, well, I, I, I guess it's not spoilers. <laughs> but yeah, when he, he's etched, you know, with his hand to see, you know, who is on the gravestone, but he's, he's wiping the snow away and it looks, and it looked like it was cold and it was how snow would yeah, do where yeah. it would kind of smear like that. Yeah. So very well done. Definitely. Um, I liked the lead up to um, the Marley's appearing, like him, going through the house and everything yes. that was just it was done really well yes. um the pacing the 
lighting, his acting, just all of it really combined to really make that a fun lead up. Yeah, it was just so well done. Again, Michael Caine is incredible, you all. I, I don't mean to get stay on this tangent, but you all, you're going to hear me say this a lot because he is just amazing. But it was so believable where it would just slowly build up from the time he would saw the door, you know, the, the door knocker have the face of one of one of the Marley brothers. I don't remember who. And then it's either as he's Statler kind of, or Waldorf. Yeah. yeah. And as he's starting to, it was to, they're both Marley. I don't think they are given first names. Does he say their first names during the thing? I don't recall. Yeah, I don't. I don't remember. know if they're characters that because the Muppets are all I know, playing the Marley, characters. Yeah, the Marley brothers. Yeah. Uh, but two is as he's going around and he has like a fire poker or something as this poker and he's he's still being very kind of dignified and 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 somber whatever and his confident self but he is rattled and it's amazing how he can bring that across and then he's searching and then then you see the the his uh, dressing gown behind him and then he thinks that's a person and he starts beating it with a stick all of that was so believable and i'll talk about that and we can talk more about we can talk about the characters too with this right um but yeah Uh, no i i thought it was an interesting choice to use statler and waldorf who are just like they're just the heckler guys who mm-hmm. have random jokes and stuff like to, to use them for a real dramatic purpose is, is really interesting. And I don't think they've done that again, but it works really well here. Mm-hmm. Uh, Definitely. Yeah. Oh, later when we're going through uh, Scrooge's memories and stuff, um, Fozzie Wig's uh, place is apparently an old rubber chicken and a rubber chicken factory, um, <laughs> which I didn't remember that that's what it was. Cause it's not relevant. Cause the whole scene that you're there for is a dance thing, but I forgot that they said that that's what it was for. And I question who's buying that <laughs> yeah. in this day and time. Yeah. <laughs> How successful is that business? Exactly. And as much as so many people seem to be hurting for food, I don't think you would be spending your money for rubber chickens. Right. I think you would be trying to spend your money for chickens. Oh, I like... Or eggs. <laughs> yeah, right? Uh, I liked earlier, um, a little bit before that, when um, Scrooge sees the, the kids at the schoolhouse or whatever, and he, he remembers their names. And I'm like... Cool. I couldn't remember elementary school uh, friends' names. I mean, I moved a lot, so that's part of it. But I can't even remember like junior high ones. The I only know. ones I remember are the ones that I still talk to, and they're all from high school. So I know, I know. And again, we we've said that Gonzo the Great is Charles Dickens, and Rizzo the Rat is the sidekick, and they follow Scrooge around through all of the past, yes. present, and future. And it's just wonderful. Oh, what did I say when they were, it was when they were going through the sky, I mentioned that kind of the conceit that um, Gonzo is omniscient in terms of knowing what's happening, but they're not able to just like teleport around. Him and Rizzo have to like physically go places leads to a lot of fun gags and stuff. For instance, when Scrooge is pulled into the sky by the ghost of Christmas past, uh, Gonzo like lassos his leg or whatever, uh, and they're getting pulled along on a rope. And so then they, you know, hit a few things for comedy hijinks but yeah they get a lot of leverage out of them having to like put effort into going places yes and getting in and out of the house and stuff and yeah just all sorts of stuff yes and then um and then it's so compelling when you get to the the ghost of christmas past all of that with his love 
is amazing, which we'll talk, you know, more. Yeah, we'll, we'll especially talk about that scene when we get to the musical right. stuff, since it is a right. musical but number. That's, but that's well It done. also heavily affects the plot. Yeah, and so believable. And then when you get to Christmas present, that is so well done. And again, I like how I love Scrooge was immediately, like, really took a liking to the Ghost of Christmas present. Yeah, well, because He was I immediately think- like... This is a fun guy. I like this guy. Uh, yeah, and, and even it was the first time he kind of made jokes. It was still kind of that that mean spirited jokes yeah. because he's like, imagine the Christmas bill or, or, or the bill because he said he had eighteen hundred brothers and sure, sisters sure. before him, and and he was saying. But then you could again tell when he was like he's absent-minded and he keeps repeating himself and he's like, did I already say that? You know, and he like said, a little yeah. absent-minded spirit. Yeah. 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 He says, and, but, but again, that's where you start seeing he's kind of enjoying this. this yeah. This, yeah. The spirit. No, it's, it's cute. And then like later when the uh, ghost of Christmas present is doing his whole musical number, um, Scrooge uh, is, is kind of awkwardly dancing a little to it. Cause, yeah, he, he cause finally, it seems like he wants to like, cause it's like, cause I like this guy. So I want to kind of do the thing that he's, yeah. yeah he starts kind of, yeah. Coughing his little movements side to side. And yeah. When and they went like, to um, his, to Fred's um, little party that he was having um, and, and they're doing the guessing thing and, and he, he, and Scrooge guesses a cat, and then the the other girl says a cat, and he's like, "I said it first. I know, I know. It's like Scrooge, it's you're, just, they can't, they don't know you're there, man. Yeah, again, it's just so well done, you all, because again, with the way they film it, even though they're they're observing something and the people can't see them. Again, they're all in there together, but it's so well done because it's so believable. Yeah. Because like, yeah, what she was saying, yeah, they're guessing game. And that was also so effective because his nephew and his um, nephew's wife and their guests are playing a guessing game. And it ends up being an unwanted creature that's not a, a rat. That's not a several mouse. unwanted animals. Yeah, a, yeah. You know, a rat, mouse, leech. But it ends up being Ebenezer Scrooge when... And they all laugh, of course, and he's like, oh, well... Yeah, that's just Michael Caine. Again, it's his... He does a lot with a little. I know. He doesn't... Yeah. His facial expression... Oh, my gosh, we'll talk more. We need to talk about him, but anyway, We keep talking about him, so I want to talk a little bit... Um, English actors David Hemmings, Ron Moody, and David Warner, and comedian George Carlin were all considered to portray Ebenezer Scrooge. Um, but then later, Henson offered the role to Michael Caine, and Caine said, Yeah, I'll do it, but I'm going to play this movie like I'm working with the Royal Shakespeare Company. I will never wink. I will never do anything Muppety. I'm going to play Scrooge as if it is an utterly dramatic role and there are no puppets around me. Um, and he also said he took inspiration from the role from Wall Street Cheats and Embezzlers. I thought they were presented a very good picture of venus and greed but yeah like the fact that he plays it so straight is what makes it work so well because there's all the muppety stuff going on around him which is is great fun but like he is always super in it like his his emotions always feel really genuine and like he's really going through all this stuff Mm -hmm. i know so the transition the transformation he goes from being delighted that he is for the first time in doing something enjoying something during Christmas Day because you find out from his past that he always spent his whole time in the schoolhouse by himself with no other children there because I don't know what happened with his family, but he never went home, never experienced Christmas, was alone and studied all of Christmas. So he never did anything, you know, to enjoy being around people or have fun or play games. So he's delighted in his nephew's house being part of this charade game about trying to guess yeah and and just has 
not quite Glee because, you know, again, it's still Scrooge and he hasn't transformed completely yet, but he's enjoying it. And then how that just seeps out of his face when the realization hits and they say, of course, that it's yeah. Ebenezer Scrooge. It's just so powerful. Look, yeah. No, it is he so does. Powerful. He does a great job. Like he's yeah. a, he's a good actor and this is, I've seen him in a lot of things and this is probably my favorite role that I've seen him do. Just the, the emotion he brings to it mm-hmm. really sells the whole thing. I think my second favorite that I've seen, well, I'm sure there will be other things, but Miss Congeniality. Oh, sure. But yeah, that's, that's like good. a, that's a fun role. Exactly. Like, that's not but a, yes, again, this is, that doesn't this is make my me feel things. It just makes exactly. me laugh. This is my favorite with him. And again, one of my favorite movies, literally of all time. One of my two. Kermit and Piggy's kids raise lots of uncomfortable <laughs> questions for me. Um, both that they are able to have them and that like all the girls are pigs and all the boys are frogs. <laughs> and I just don't, I kind of want to know how this works, but I also really don't want to know how this works. And it's, it's kind of weird. Yep. Oh, well, let's yeah. just, but also their second son who, what, like later in the, they, not even in that first scene, I think, do they say his name, but then in the later scene after with, when they're looking in the future and um, they... And Tiny Tim is gone. And Tiny Tim is gone. They uh, Kermit says Peter. So it's, apparently his name is Peter. But he has like no personality. Like I Tiny know. Tim is of course Tiny Tim and he does the whole Tiny Tim shtick. Um, but then the the two daughters who I forget their names but they're said very quickly. And also they're, they're basically like mini versions of Miss Piggy. They're great. And they're great. Like they're, they have fun and they have like these little mm, reactions and stuff. And I don't know. They're adorable. Um, but... But Peter's got nothing. Like Peter, Peter turns a thing at one point, and then he says something. And he during the Christmas the future thing, the, the, the spigot, goose, right, the right. Goose, the, and then on with, the uh, with when we're in the future, he he mentions something about what Kermit is doing or whatever. I but know. like he has Poor no personality. Peter. He's Poor just exi- He's just the other son. He's just there. Yep. 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 But it's a it's a very endearing family, and it's amazing. Again, having. Again, oh, and if we didn't specifically say uh, Kermit the Frog is Bob Cratchit. Oh, yes. And Miss Piggy is Bob, you know, is Emily. The wife. Emily, I Emily, think her name. Yeah, yeah is yeah, is his wife. And then, of course, they have four children. Uh, uh, a son, which I don't know if he's older than Benjamina, is one of the daughters. And I forgot the other one. Benjamina and something. They're, they're somewhat similar. No, 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 no. But... I, I fibbed. I think um, Miss Piggy's name. Is she Emily? Benjamin. No, the daughter's. It doesn't ultimately matter that much. I'm so sorry. I'm getting off the tangent. But anyway, they have they have uh, two sons and two daughters. And yes, and yeah, Tidy Tim is is the little one. Right, and he's um that's it's Robin the because that's actually Robin is a character who's oh, appeared in right. Muppet that's stuff right. before. Okay. So yeah, Robin is playing Tiny Tim. Okay, gotcha. And yeah, so very well done, and and just so endearing. And so believable. So then we have when we go. It's it's actually the ghost of yet of Christmas yet to come, rather than the ghost of future. But future is just quicker to say. Um, that yeah, I think it's like you mentioned, very good that Rizzo and Gonzo cut out on that scene, um, so it can really sell the darkness and just terror, to the terror and and just the sadness of all of that. Like all these negative emotions are not um, dampered. By having like jokey Muppet stuff, it's all just played really. It's it's yeah, it's it's a bummer, yeah. <laughs> um, but it's good. And then Michael Caine just he really sells it, especially in the graveyard scene. Um, like his, you can tell that he knows that the grave is his, but he doesn't want 
to actually go there and move the snow to like confirm it like he knows it is but confirming it makes it real and and just his hesitancy is his fear and then once he does it like his he's really good at making himself cry with the tears in his eyes and stuff he's he does a great job michael kane does a great job in this movie guys yes it's amazing and and how i don't know how to describe physically that are we going to talk about that what that muppet well let's uh, so let's go to so we don't have an animation section um but basically here we can talk more about kind of the filmography and the puppeteering and and those sorts more technical things that helped create the mood and stuff like that and since we're already talking about the scene yeah like the ghost christmas um yet to come is super creepy (laughs) yeah it looked like from harry potter what are those ones kind of like dementors dementors they Mm -hmm. had kind of that look except a lot taller and doesn't fly it's just but has the hood with the the with no face no face and just hollow and just and and the material just and it's in those really movement. slow, creepy movements that yes. it makes. Like the fact that it's so slow most of the time, it really kind of sells this otherworldliness. And I even noticed like the transitions between areas. Like when when um, Future did it, she was like flying him places or softly transitioning. And when uh, Pat, when Present did it, they just kind of softly like faded into and out of places. But when the Ghost of Christmas Future like takes him to the to the road or whatever, like the whole world kind of warps and mm, is like this weird, yes. like it really sells like the unnervingness of the entire thing, just simply changing how the transitions work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's fascinating. Yeah, and just so ominous and again there's just something about that hood with no oh yeah with no face and, and then even the arms are really in. low compared yes. to like so like it's it's like a long neck head situation that isn't natural like it, do, it doesn't feel human it and feels... the hands almost looked human but they were long they were big and yeah. they were long and the fingers were longer than i realized because when it would go to point it yes. was almost that E.T. look or, yeah, you know, it was, with, the, with the skinny kind of thing. Oh, yeah, this. it was. And uh, credit where credit is due. Um, Ghost of Christmas present and yet to come are actually both um, the person inside of them is the same person. It's Don Austin. So he does the plane and I believe the voice for um, Christmas present. Um, and then he's also the person in there for yet to come. And then Robert Teigner helped do some of the puppeteering for um, yet to come. Okay. So, yeah, like, credit to them. They did a great job. Oh. And also credit to whoever designed the thing. Like, all of it was very well done. Also, I'd like to call out that the, the design for Ghost of Christmas Past is very good, too. Yes. Like, really kind of weird and otherworldly, but in not not so much an intimidating way or, or a nerving way, um, but it's just kind of a, kind of weird and just, it doesn't Kind of feel... like a young girl, but yeah. she doesn't look quite like a Muppet or quite like a human yeah it was and and very ethereal um beautiful kind of like flowy flowy, flowy um mm-hmm. uh, garb that was semi-translucent but yeah just she so was voiced well by jessica fox and then had three different puppeteers um karen prell robert teigner again and william todd jones all helped to bring her weird energy to life wow yeah and i think probably some amount of computer digital stuff to sell some of the transparent effects but i'm not don't quote me on that for sure but that sure seemed that way Um, well and 
when while we're on this, this is one of the other reasons that I absolutely love this depiction of A Christmas Carol, because these three spirits, the way they did them, are to me the most impactful and 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 really capture the spirit of each of those past, present, and future. In fact, the one that is the uh, the ghost of Christmas present is almost a Santa Claus type vibe. But yeah, not he even ho ho hos at one point. Yeah, and and just again, just so depicts that that delight, generosity, being present in the moment, yeah. that energy, and so again these. Their choice. I mean, kudos to uh, to the you know the team. Was it, it was it Disney or who produced this? It's it's a co-produced by Walt Disney Pictures and Jim Henson Productions. Oh, okay. Well, so this again, was before. So this was before Disney actually bought the Muppets, which they did it. They did in like two thousand four, I think. Okay. Um, but it was it's still considered a Disney movie. Thus, it's on Disney Plus, which is where we watched it. Um, but but yeah, it was a co-production. Okay, but but huge kudos to the creators and the designers of all three of those spirits because again, yes. out of any version I've ever seen, it's the most impactful. Yeah, and and using like I, that's some of the benefit because um, you know, for instance, we don't really have a what would the movie have been like if it weren't animated, but we can ask the question, what would it be like without the puppets? And like especially when we're talking about those three, like the fact that they're puppeteered really helps sell that they're so different and weird, even in this world that has other puppets, mm-hmm. but their designs aren't really quite like those other puppets. Um, the, the closest is probably Christmas present. Um, but then he's, he's tall and like more humanoid than the rest of the Muppets who are all very short. Um, well, he also transforms because he initially yes, he can, start, he can change size. Yeah. He changes size. Mm-hmm. He, he starts off being too large for the room he's in yeah, and, and having to bend shrinks. down. And then he shrinks down to more, more. And at one point in the song, he like shrinks down really small to be with the mice. Yeah, with the mice. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but generally, for most of his scenes, he's like human-ish, a little taller than a normal human. Um, so, but but and then the other two are are even farther from. And yeah, it just helps sell. It helps sell that, and the, and because it's puppeteering, the effects don't really age in the same way, which is nice. Because mm-hmm. this is like 1992. If they had tried to like just make them all CG characters, that probably wouldn't be holding up still. But because they're real physical things, maybe with some amount of CG applied to them, but like generally are physical things, it really it helps make them feel real. And yet, because they are puppets, makes them feel unreal in the same stroke and it's it works really well i think mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um and then yeah I, I guess as we're kind of continuing this the the storyline then after the three visitations then ebenezer scrooge's transformation on christmas day is just a wonderful because it was such a powerful transition he is he is pleading to the ghost of christmas uh, yet to come grabbing like he, he falls down on his knees grabbing the the kind of the robes, these these flowy, oh, powerful robes yeah. of that being, and then he ends up being in his bedchamber, um, holding his covers, and then you know he you know hops out of bed. I mean, it's just delightful then yeah. how that transition and him, you know, even it was a darling part where he he hops up and he briefly looks in the mirror and he's like, ah, 
<sighs> like you know how like he looked that. it was so yeah. cute and then of course opening he like kind of touches his hair a little bit yeah, and, then kind he's of kind, like, and then he kind of just like ugh, whatever yeah. like like in a, a gesture of like i'm not dealing with that right now <laughs> yeah yeah it's like whatever but yeah and then of course opening up uh you know the windows and 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 hollering to this darling little muppet character that was this bunny that he at the beginning he's threw. got a name and this actually isn't I the first thing him. he's appeared in and but he what is his name let me you, find it why you're why bean bunny bean bunny bean bunny is so precious first he, he is singing caroling trying to get a little bit uh, of money and and scrooge of course slams the door on him but then opens the door again and he gets slightly hopeful and he throws a wreath at him and he <laughs> dugs out and then you see him another time where he is trying to stay warm at night and he's in the trash but he's wrapped up like in some newspaper shivering and you're just like oh. and then he opens the window and and little bean bunny is outside the window and yeah, so what day it is yes. and of course it's christmas and then he like throws him some money and asks him to go get a thing and i'm like that's a nice kid because you could have just taken that money and run yeah but <laughs> you he... did not have to go buy the thing with it yes but he did he did the only my of course my only thought always with that is small little village town you know, and the fear that sure you'd be I found, guess, but, but who knows? But no, but he just this is if I if I recall bunny. right, when I was looking him up at stuff at some point in the past, I think Bean Bunny like they tried to kind of make a, a character that people cared about in like the eighties and stuff, and he, the nineteen ninety two was still was still early enough that that was during that period, but he never really took off so they didn't keep using him really um and, well, and major roles after i love him no he's cute in this role he's i think it's probably this. his biggest role in at least the movies if maybe only he might back, appear in the background of other ones but i think where he really got captured my heart was shivering and it's very sad very sad um i like so a couple other just cinematography and puppeting things um i like the nice dutch angle when scrooge enters frame at the very beginning of the movie like the the it's it's definitely a Dutch angle. It's and it really serves like to show. Oh, here's this guy after this whole hustle and bustle. Here's this man who's kind of at odds with all of the. It's not necessarily they're not necessarily all fun and happy in the streets, but there's a mood that he is not a part of when he appears. And the cinematography throughout. Is I liked incredible. how he kept towering over everyone throughout the whole Scrooge um, song and stuff. Well, what really, and I started to say, not just because they're Muppets, because but because of how the camera framed him. And exactly. Stuff. Well, the framing was incredible in all of the scenes because, again, not only do you have the frame of him coming in with the shadows, the mm-hmm. towering, the angles, but even all of a sudden the way his cloak then moved, yes. the way they would use Billow. wind, um, even when he was transitioning with some spirits his hair would start blowing or things like that was incredible even though like uh gonzo uh charles dickens (laughs) when he fell out the window and he was laying flat they did it from an angle like that was flat on the ground with him and then he sat up and it's and it's from that perspective so also many times with the smaller characters or with the muppets they w- it would go from their angle looking up into yes. the scene. Mm-hmm. And then, again, sometimes Scrooge towering down or just a close-up of Scrooge. or Just the way they did all the different angles made yes. just cinematography was incredible. In During this. Scrooge's song, there was an eggplant that had teeth, and I didn't like it. <laughs> I remember you also, saying Also, there was a puppet that was using puppets. <laughs> Oh, that's funny. Um, I don't know if I know and that, that guy, and that guy shows up. That's Mister Applegate, who is begging for Scrooge to like l- let him 
I forget exactly what it is, but something to do with his mortgage oh, and he I gets thrown out. That's the same puppet who was using the puppet. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, that's yeah. That's funny. Okay. Um, but yeah, so, I mean, just so what I... Oh, and, Rizzo's kiss to Gonzo's nose oh, at that one that point. that was one of my favorite. He is saying, he was saying something to him. Yeah, he was, he was like being berated about the jelly beans or something. Oh, that's right. Kind of like you're an idiot. And then there's like a short pause and then Rissa just like leans forward and kisses Gonza's beak nose, whatever it is. It was so great. It was so great. So great. Um, the other thing that I think, I don't know why we're talking about sure. cinematography that is so impressive. The set designs, the costumes yes. were incredible. Oh, yeah. Incredible. The textures, the colors, the period uh, being period you know, true to that, that, that period, all of it, it was so well done. The bedchamber, the mm-hmm. types of drapes, his dressing gown. Oh my gosh. The, yeah. Even the, the kind of the brocade, it's almost like the way you, it's very European and just sure. so well done. I mean, the kind of, when I, I want to say it's, it's like a thick material, but almost like that you do for rugs and for drapes, uh, the, the patterns. And it, it was just amazing the hat you know the the yeah. the cane mm. um again when he would be walking through at the, the opening scenes with his cane sometimes you would just literally see the cane like the, him from like you wouldn't see the top half of him you would just see say from like chest mid you know mid chest down walking with the cane or mm-hmm. seeing him from behind or you know or seeing part of his body from behind walking past it was just so well done yes uh, I have two other notes, and that is that that shot where Kermit's standing in the street and looks up at the night sky is just, I really like that shot. Mm, it just, yes. it stands out in my mind, and I always kind of remember it. Like, it's just, that's a good shot. It's, uh, what is the... the After the penguin quiz. The guy, the, the guy who... This isn't, it doesn't even matter anymore. I'll probably just cut this out. Babe, what's the dude who did Batman versus Superman and stuff like that? Uh, no one. No. Snyder. Oh, Snyder, yes, yes, yes. It was like a Zack Snyder shot and how well it was composed. Oh, <laughs> I, okay. I have issues with him as a director in general, but like he has very, he focuses a lot on images that look really cool. Um, and and also, it, oh, okay. yeah, sorry. No, you No, go. what I was going to say is, and it was almost like a postcard moment, it captured the moment yes. because it was after uh, Rizzo, uh, no, sorry, after Bob Cratchit and all of the bookkeepers, which were all little rats, all <laughs> these bookkeepers that, you know, were there with Bob Cratchit, they left, they'd closed down shop after Scrooge had left and they closed things down and then they're walking through the town and it's Christmas Eve. And right. so that, you know, and then he had just taken part in this, penguin christmas skating but now he was there by himself and he looks up at the sky and it's kind of like that i don't know that that loving hopeful happy whatever feeling of christmas eve and looking up into the sky it was just beautiful yeah and then my last thing was a transition um which is when at the end uh, after when love is gone um when scrooge uh, sits down on the thing and puts his head in his hands which i mimicked and so i probably sounded weird um when he puts his head <laughs> in his hands like the transition from there he's like sitting on the side of a bridge um to him sitting on his bed is is just really well yeah, done yeah yeah very very incredible one i don't know when we want to say this but one thing that is very upsetting is they cut. In no, a, no, we're about sound we're design. About to say this. Okay, <laughs> sound design. Um, before we get to uh, the songs, where we have one song in particular we want to talk about a lot, um, I wanted to mention that the music um, I thought was generally great. The composer is 
Um, let me... Composer Miles Goodman did a great job. Um, I really was noticing it, especially during um, the scene where Scrooge uh, looks at the door um, and and his um, Statler or Waldorf appears. I don't know which one is which. One of the spirits, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, um, and then when he's like going through his house and searching and while he's sitting in his chair eating, like the music's really... Mm. soft and moody and kind of spooky mm-hmm. and kind of melancholy and it's just i notice it there and it's very well done um and then i also wanted to mention as far as sound effects go uh during the christmas future scene when the fog rolls in that mm. like shook our base it was a very powerful yes. base effect oh and it was kind of like mm, yeah which mm, makes it all the more oh, ominous just, when like literally yeah. your physical equipment is shaking some because of it yeah and it, and 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 just that combination of course michael Caine just <gasps> starts and you know almost jumps back as this fog rolls in and yeah, the music yeah. and all of that together want to talk about the songs Yes. First, any uh, thing that you want to say about the other songs? About the other songs? Oh, just so enjoyable. Just delightful. The combination of the Muppets, and again, it's not like Michael Caine is known for singing, but just oh, well sure. done. Just just so well done. Beautifully orchestrated. I think there was, I mean, literally a lot of orchestra-type yeah. instrumentals in Oh, in yeah. It. No, definitely. And just, yeah. Mm-hmm. I love the songs. Same. Um... Want to talk about when love is gone? Okay, there's. I, an inc- I put when love is gone being cut is a crime. It is absolutely because you all. This is how important it is. All of the versions that I grew up with, again, I had the originals, so it was never cut. Well, in new releases. Well, uh, yeah. So let me say. So actually, the song "When Love Is Gone" was deleted from the original theatrical edition by Jeffrey Katzenberg, who believed that the scene wouldn't appeal to young children because they seemed kind of bored during the test screening. Who cares? He yeah, he tried to cut Ugh. part of your world from Little Mermaid, also. So his ideas were sometimes very bad. So Anyways, mad that they haven't um, come back. Instead, the song um, appeared in and was played during the end credits scene which is weird to have a song in the credits that wasn't in the movie at all when the movie's a musical um director brian henson objected to this decision um especially since the concluding song the love we found is a direct counterpoint to To the love yeah so when love is gone and again the finale is when love is found yeah um, and he commented that when Love is Gone was not in the theatrical release and is presently missing from some copies of the movie, which is a real shame. Um, and it's it's only been included on some home media releases and none of which are, none of those releases are currently in print. Which just makes no sense. So fortunately, I have it on my DVD. But so, so it describe is so the important. Scene. Yeah, tell us this why is it's why, important. This is why it's so important. And, and what I mean, you literally need to find that when love is gone. So, well, we watched it on, so if you watch it on Disney Plus, um, they do have it not in the movie, but if you go to extras, they have they have when love is found cut song or something like that. So you can watch it. So and literally, what we did is it. we watched it. It got to that scene. I quit out of the movie. We watched that, and then we went back. And it's so important. And here's why. Because the true transformation of of um, Scrooge happens in that scene. And it is so powerful because you go from the party, the Fozziewig party, where he meets the love of his life, to this scene. And even this the, the, the ghost of Christmas past mm-hmm. says, well, there was another Christmas. And, and he's like, uh, no, and he's don't like, no please one. don't take me to that one. And then they go to the scene. Mm-hmm. And... 
basically he's telling her that no, there's not enough money, even though she's like, but your partner now, you said that last year. And, you know, I he's felt like, that, I felt that young Scrooge does a lot of subtle acting during um, her number, especially exactly. where he keeps kind of trying to approach her. Exactly. But and she and keeps stuff. every time he goes and, but to he's approach. Like, kind of, he's like, obviously hesitant and kind of like, I should do this, but I, yeah, like, I don't know. Yeah, no, he, he does a really good job and with she that. She does a great job too. So why the scene is then so powerful. So, Basically, he's saying, you know, we can't get married yet. There's not enough money, mm-hmm. yada, yada, yada. I still love you. And she's like, well, I think there was a time you did. I don't think that's anymore. And so she starts singing when love is gone. And so she's singing this scene as she's walking around, but it's like on this bridge and in this part. And what becomes so incredible is you have the Scrooge of that time, you know, the young Ebenezer that is trying to kind of comfort her and, and follow, but she keeps walking away from him. But then you have... After, after the point where the young Scrooge turns away and, and is done. Well, but up. even that, you still see him, you still see Scrooge at times watching this happen. And then, No, but I'm saying young Scrooge had been trying to comfort her and then she gets on the bridge and he stops following and then he ultimately like turns around. Oh, exactly. So it's the point after which young Scrooge stops trying to be with her that then it starts showing more more of old Scrooge. Of old Scrooge. And what was too so impactful is old Scrooge looks at young Scrooge walking away. Kind of like, what, what are you doing? And, and, you know, remembering, wondering what he's doing and then looking at the love of his life. And then he stands behind her. And as she's singing, and I just want to cry almost as I'm doing this, as she's Huh, excuse me. He do, he, he performs he starts, a duet with her. Yes, he starts singing, but then he gets so choked up, he stops singing Ugh. because he can't sing anymore. Like, Michael and Caine isn't is an amazing so singer. Am- He's fine, but like, yeah, just the raw him emotion. Him breaking down in that song. And, I put and, and him breaking down as he duets with her as an A-plus emotional gut punch. I just, again, I cry so thinking much. about it. It is so impactful. Like when people's voices hitch, it really destroys me emotionally. <laughs> and his voice hitches, like, towards the end of it where he's just, uh, it's... Yeah, right. he good. just and th- so then it makes so sense that literally that's when he lost all of his almost humanity, his feelings yeah. for anyone is when love was gone. He right. died, and and so and the cut- and the version as it is um, without the song in it, you basically get a little bit of that dialogue scene. But then before she actually starts singing, it just cuts to her walking and Rizzo's like crying really hard for reasons that don't make any sense without the huge musical number. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't, you get like an idea of, kind of of why they're not being together anymore, but you don't, you don't watch them physically, like you don't get the actual emotion of it. It comes yeah. up, like there's just no real emotion in the scene, which then makes it baffling that Rizzo's so emotionally affected. Like it's just... You, you need to have it. Exactly. And the lyrics, again, are countered in When Love is Found. Yeah. That that whole song then explores. So yeah, which is just, like literally the final song in the movie. Yeah. I mean, then they do like another version of uh, another song. But like as far as the actual plot of the movie and stuff like that's the final number. Yeah. But I mean, absolutely then following falling in love with Scrooge's character. Yes. And having that just empathy for him just is absolutely cemented in this song and without it it is literally a crime i can't it's just it just really it makes the movie much less than it is with the song in there yeah Yeah. and i don't i think children would have been fine and And regardless and then yeah the song appears in the credits which is 
Why are you going to do that when the song wasn't in the movie? Weird. Let's go to the part that our podcast is named after. How's it hold up? I don't have a lot of notes for this. I had two notes. Uh, The effects on them flying through the night sky look a little dated. Mm. And the sparkles on the Ghost of Christmas Present as he fades away look bad. That's all I had. (laughs) And I didn't see, I mean, there there are no isms that I can even think of at all. I don't think. And it holds up so well because I, it is literally, I want, it doesn't feel like Christmas if I don't see this movie. Yeah, we watch it pretty much every year. I mean, that's how important it is. Which makes it hard to be objective about it, certainly, but still. (laughs) (laughs) But, but to, as much as I've seen it. And it's still, I cry every time. I and I almost find new things. Like, it was amazing no, watching No, especially it. watching for the angles. Just exactly. This time, yeah. I didn't realize how incredible really the Really appreciating what makes it. And the costuming. Because yes. realize, if, if you don't recall from other podcasts, I, from my father. From other episodes. <laughs> Thank you. I grew up in the theater. My father was director of theater for over 25 years. And so I really appreciate good set design, costumes. In fact, my mom at times would sew costumes for the university. And and yeah, and she's, of course, an, uh, maybe, uh, an amazing uh, seamstress. But again, I appreciate what it takes to make tailored period piece, you know, really on point costumes. So and again, set design. So, so well done in this. Yes. Oh, I ha- I didn't actually go into it. So before we go to our favorites, since we don't have a spoiler section, um, I wanted to talk about the Muppet performers and specifically mm-hmm. um, and I don't know if we how many talked- characters they play. So there's Dave Goals, um, and he plays Gonzo, Waldorf, and Bunsen Honeydew. The Oh, yes. Beaker. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, then Steve Whitmire plays Kermit, Rizzo, Beaker, and Bean Bunny. Oh, well. Um, Jerry Nelson plays Robin, Lou Zealand, who's the dude who likes to throw fish, who briefly appears okay. in the beginning. Um, Statler and Ma Bear, um, okay, Fozzie's yes. mom. Okay. And Frank Oz. Oh, David Rudman plays Swedish Chef. But then Frank <laughs> Oz plays Miss Piggy, Fozzie, Sam Eagle, and Animal. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Just very well done. The- I definitely didn't know that Kermit and Rizzo were voiced by the same person. I did not either. Yeah. yeah. Because because I know that Kermit used to be Jim Henson. And yes. I don't remember. Do you, well, I don't remember. And Rizzo them. used to be um, used to be Richard Hunt. So. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, very, very well done. Oh, wait. Is that right? Maybe not. No, Statler. Statler's voiced by someone else. Um, Beaker, though was so beaker is also voiced by steve whitmire rizzo Rizzo, i think has always been steve whitmire by the way beaker has always been one of my favorites and i don't know if we specifically talked about the characters i know we've talked a lot about michael kane but beaker and you said the bunsen honeydew bunsen honeydew i don't know if he has a different name that he's given and in this since the Muppets are playing characters but yeah but they, they come in asking for money and so when after Scrooge has his transformation on Christmas Day and he's coming through the town and he finds them. And of course they first, you know, Beaker 
you know, does his little head down and they're kind of hiding because he screamed at them and kicked them out the, the time. But he's, you know, he comes and he's like, no, you know, gentlemen, I was looking to see you. And, and, and then he whispers what he's going to give, give them. And, and they were like shocked and little Beaker. And he's like, you know, I assure you there's many back payments in there. But then Beaker, they're like, you know, oh, well, we want to do something for you. So, so Beaker has takes a red scarf. this red scarf and he, and he takes it off and, and he gives it to Scrooge uh. and Scrooge. Which says a gift for me, it's so and then he cute. puts it around and he and he puts it on, and oh my god! And it really, it really like makes his whole outfit pop. It does. Honestly. It really does because he's wearing this black, you know, with a black yeah, top having hat, that splash black of outfit, color. That it's, it looks good red on him. looks fabulous. But no, so their their characters are so well done. Um, his nephew. Uh, no, I forgot his um, Fred. Fred. Uh, Fred is nephew and and the wife. Who's played well by done. Vera Marketskaya, and uh, Clara is played by Robin Weaver. Mm, okay. Belle was uh, the uh, oh, love so interest well was Meredith Braun. She's she looking at the cast. A beautiful stuff. job, but again, if you don't watch the song, you're going to miss out because she she's just, in it a little character, bit but without the song. Yeah, right. and that really comes to life when she Young when Scrooge she was that. played by like one, two, three, four, five different actors. Yeah, they did a nice job with mm-hmm. that. Again, Michael Caine is incredible. The yes. best depiction of Ebenezer Scrooge ever, ever, ever. And again, you're missing out if you don't see it. Um, then Bob, uh, uh, sorry. Kermit plays a very, very believable and well done Bob Cratchit. Yep. And of course, Miss Piggy does a great job mm-hmm. as Emily, his wife. And then, um, let's see. By which we mean name. all these Muppet performers also do. They, yeah, do yeah, it. they yeah, are the ones point. doing it, and they do a great job. And again, Gonzo as Charles, uh, Charles Dickens. Dickens does a great job, and, and Rizzo, you know, that. Those those two them playing off each other just do such yeah they were fun... really, they were really buddy buddy in this one and then also Muppet Treasure Island and yes. those are the only two mo- like I saw those two movies probably more than any other Muppet movie when I was a kid so I thought that those two were just always <laughs> best friends but it's really just those two movies yeah um, and then the rest of the movies like they don't interact that much um, which is an interesting choice that they made in that period yeah um, let's go to our favorites then okay. I'm going to do characters first. <laughs> um, who's your favorite character, Mom? Ebenezer Scrooge. Okay. <laughs> who's your least favorite, actually, too? My least favorite? If you favorite? had to pick a least favorite character. Um, my least favorite would be... It's hard to say because I, know, I right? love everyone so much in this. Maybe the first guy that uh, hasn't hadn't paid his rent and said you can't squeeze blood out of a turnip. Um no, actually, because he was a good guy. Maybe the creepy, <laughs> the creepy uh, spider guy that was sure. collecting um, that guy has the, the a belongings. Name. That's old Joe, old who Joe. was voiced by David Shaw Parker, very and, creepy, and was puppeteered by several people. I think. Yeah, so he was he was creepy. He was he was of course getting the belongings of Scrooge after Scrooge died. Yeah, yeah. Which you didn't know it was Scrooge, but you knew it was Scrooge well, from the yeah. from the show. But yeah, they don't name that it's Scrooge. So. Um, yeah, I mean, my favorite character has to be Scrooge, also, just because he's the heart and soul of the whole thing, and. Yeah, I mean, least favorite, that warty toad-looking dude that was at the party, um, oh. the Fred's party. That guy. That oh, guy. yeah. I hate that guy. <laughs> um, I don't really have a least favorite. Like All of them do great. Um, what was your least favorite scene in the movie? I, I know. Just, I don't. I don't think I have a least favorite. It's like scene. choosing your least favorite child. I can't be. I know, which I can't is impossible. I cannot do because I don't have a least favorite. Because they all were so impactful and so well done. Yeah. I cannot think of a scene. 
I honestly cannot think of a scene. Really got to think about it here. I know. I mean, we're gonna like we're gonna we're gonna have to cut out all the. I guess if I had to pick the one that I enjoy watching the least, it's probably when he's in school, which isn't a bad scene. But I mean, like if I have to pick which one I enjoy the least, I guess that. Like, it's fine, and Sam the Eagle's fun, and they make a fun little joke about... Because Sam the Eagle's always hyper-patriotic for America, and so he makes a joke about where he says something about America being great, and they're like, no, it's Britain, and so he rephrases it. But, I mean, that scene's fine, but I guess that's my least favorite. I guess... I guess I'd have to... Better question. What's your favorite scene? What's my favorite scene? Ooh, see, this is a toughie, Uh too. (sighs) Favorite one out of the whole thing. I think my favorite one is going to have to be When Love is Gone. The scene that's cut. Yeah. Because, oh, yeah. My favorite scene is probably um, the graveyard scene. Mm. That's, yeah. Yeah. Just that he he does. I mean, When Love is Gone is a close second, I I would say. But yeah, that scene is. I mean, those are the two scenes that are the most emotionally powerful. So, yeah. 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 I can, yeah. I would say that would be. A good choice. What was your least favorite song? Oh, this is a hard one, too. Um, Least favorite song. If you need a second to think about it, I can answer that pretty easily. And it is, I don't even remember the name of the song, but the song that Kermit's family sings at the dinner table. Oh, okay. That's my least favorite. Like, it's fine, but it's kind of boring. Okay. Yeah. I can't even remember the tune right now. Um, and the the one that I was thinking of maybe is whatever they were singing at the Fozziewig party, maybe. I don't think they were singing. Oh, they weren't singing. It was just instrumental. Yeah. Okay. Well, Animals they were playing some music, but oh, I mean the whole band is. But oh, okay. Oh, but God, yeah. What is the name of that band? Doctor Teeth and something. I forget right now. Mm. I normally know their name, but I think the whole crew was there. They just didn't really talk at all. Okay. Yeah, I guess I would second then the the song at the dinner table. Because I can't think of another one that, you know, didn't just really get me lost in the moment. What is your favorite song? (sighs) (laughs) Well, it's it's kind of a toss-up. I guess the absolute favorite, I will have to say, When Love is Gone. But the other one I just love was so is the the very opening about... Yes, Mr. Here Goes, Mr. Skintflit. Here goes Mr. Scrooge, you know, blah, blah, blah. And just yeah. all of that is just... That's, uh, so, is, that's yeah, that's my favorite. Okay. Yeah. Okay. No, I really enjoy that song. I, those are just kind of tied because one it's is It's very catchy reason. and it's yeah. just, there's some fun jokes in it and it's just, I, I enjoy that song a lot. Yeah, the instrument, I mean, the music, yeah, the musicality me, of it. the lyrics, yeah. the, the no, instrumentals. No, I love the music. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's great. Yeah. What character would Tim Curry have played if he were in this movie? Oh, I forgot we did that. <laughs> oh my goodness. Okay. Um, I, okay. I was, I briefly thought of this cause I thought, oh my gosh, I guess we're going to do that. Uh, cause I love Tim Curry. Um, I would say maybe old Joe. Old Joe. I was thinking that too. Were you? Oh, right? cool. Great minds think alike. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He, I was just he thinking he'd bring his, his drawl yeah. to that. Yeah. yeah. He can make a really good kind of. Now think yeah. of a funny answer. Think of a funny answer. Mm-hmm. Um. The mice. Oh, one of the mice. <laughs> no, all the mice. Oh, all of the mice. <laughs> and he doesn't like he doesn't do a squeaky voice or anything, just his voice has those mice. Okay. That'd be hilarious. That would be. That would be. That's cute. Or yeah. that eggplant with a teeth. 
and the rest of the, the rest of the fruit of the vegetables are all uh, voiced like they are in the song. But in that song, you hear Tim Curry singing in that one brief part. <laughs> And you can just okay. tell it's that eggplant. That and he just plant. belts it out. He just yeah, has yeah. a really, yeah. Okay. <laughs> that would be good. All right. Um, all right. Well, let's go on to our overall consensus then. I think it's safe to say we both definitely recommend the movie, but how would you rate the movie? How would I rate the movie? Ooh, man. I didn't mm-hmm. think about this. Oh, I, I know, right? I didn't think about this. You have to put it into numbers. I got to put it in numbers. Holy cow, it may have to be a five. I didn't know if I was going to have an... So to, to remind you, that would be putting it on the same level I know, as My as Neighbor Totoro. My, I know, and I thought about that long and hard, but here's my thought with that. The acting is incredible and impeccable. The cinematography is amazing. The set design, the costumes, the acting, the puppeteering. Mm-hmm. There's, there's... How's it hold up? There were no isms. There's nothing wrong with it, and it is incredible. And it it it's still, no matter how many times, I could literally watch it two or three times in a row, and I will yeah. cry every time, <laughs> and I will enjoy it every time. Yeah. So it's got to be a five. All right. And I would recommend it. Here's my highly. here's my rating, and let me explain myself. Four point five. Now I can maybe it would be it five. would be a four point seven five. The reason I am taking off those point two five is because When Love is Gone is not actually in the movie. Well, see, you didn't qualify that. Oh. I didn't think about that. We quit the movie and went and watched that scene, but it is not in the movie. Oh, my goodness. And so the movie as is, 4.5, if that scene was in there like it should be, 4.75. Okay, then I have to say, I have to admit it, because, see, I'm thinking of my DVD. Exactly. I'm thinking of my movie. Okay. But think of how it's available to most people. Okay, then Mm -hmm. it's going to have to be 4.75. Because they took out that scene. So we, that, so so Disney, you're not listening to this, but if you please are, please put, put it back in. Put it, please, just put it in the movie. please, please, please put it back in. Just put it in Please there. put it back in. Seriously, you are robbing future generations of this because they might not know. And people, I mean, that thanks we, at least for putting in the extras, but it's not enough. Just put it in the movie. It's not. Please, it looks it, just, it looks different too because I think it's in wide. I think it's in full screen format not in widescreen like the rest of the movie is cut which i think the movie might have originally been made in full screen i'm not 100 sure on that but anyways um it's, it looks it looks yes. different too visually so like make it look like the put it in there with the rest of the movie please Plus, you but disney it's essential to the plot we're talking we're talking to, to you mr disney please it there's is not essential. a mr disney i know but whoever's <laughs> in anymore. charge it's essential to the plot it's essential to the the character development of ebenezer scrooge and it's essential to the musical score and it makes your finale which is wonderful make sense yeah just put just please put, put it, it back please put it back um, but anyways, yeah, so 4.5 um, or 4.75 if it was how it should be. Um, great 5. movie. 5.0 if it was how it should be. Well, for mom, yes. Yes. Um, next time, uh, we will, well, next time, technically, like, as far as our schedule, which is weekly, next time will be nothing because we're taking a week off. After that. Hope y'all have a wonderful holiday, though. Yes, please. And hopefully you listen to this at some point during yeah, the holidays, hopefully. even if not actually on Christmas, and enjoyed it. And watch um, it. Yes. And watch it. Yes, I mean, watch the movie. It's yes. on Disney Plus, so It will make your Christmas so special. Definitely. I can't but, say that. Um, but next time, we will be going to a city called Gotham and uh, seeing... 
um, some some spooks, uh, a mask maybe, a phantasmic mask, mm-hmm. something along those lines. Mm-hmm. Super subtle. Uh, next time we'll see okay. you guys then. Love y'all. Have a wonderful Christmas holiday. Bye bye. This has been How's It Hold Up with Danica Juarez and Jan James. You can find our podcast on Twitter at How's It Hold Up Pod. That's with each word capitalized and no apostrophe. Also, if you'd like to support us, we have a Patreon. You can find us at patreon.com slash user question mark U equals 2790566. Every little bit helps, and even with a minimum pledge, you get access to things you won't hear in our main podcast feed. Check it out for more info. The two pieces of music used in this episode were created by Kevin McLeod. You can find both The Curtain Rises and Cool Cats at incomptech.com. That's I-N-C-O-M-P-E-T-E-C-H dot com. Both songs were licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0. More info on that can be found at http colon slash slash creativecommons.org slash licenses slash by slash 3.0. Thanks for listening.